This is Dave at Active Intel Investigations. We're a licensed investigative agency. And one of the areas that we specialize in as a practice area is online fraud and online scams. What happens is there are hundreds, if not thousands of scammers who collect money from victims under the pretense of having some type of an investment that they're putting money into maybe real estate or stocks or Bitcoin. Sometimes it's a scam where they're purchasing inventory or purchasing some type of goods that never arrive. In many cases, the scam has a affinity relationship to it where they're collecting victims from some group. Maybe it's an online group. Sometimes it's a social group. Either way, a lot of victims send hundreds or thousands or tens of thousands of dollars to these scammers. A lot of times the form is untraceable, such as Walmart gift cards or wire transfer or cashier's checks. In many cases, the scammer's identity may appear to be obscured. So what are the steps to recover losses from an online scammer? Well, the first thing to do very quickly is to save and protect against future losses. And you have to act very quickly to start collecting the information on the scammer. The longer you go without taking action, the farther away the scammer can get. And the reason why is these scammers don't keep the same entity or the same website or the same operation for too long because the word will get around online word spreads quickly. If XYZ Corporation is a scam, that will be uh, easily searchable and discoverable in reviews or in Google. So they're going to change their operation quickly, usually in a matter of weeks or months. So you want to make sure you take action quickly on the steps for recovering your losses. Now, the next thing you want to do is identify the actual parties behind the fraud. And there's information on our website about doing this and there's steps that can be taken to do this. The website itself may have fake names, fake email, fake phone numbers, but there are actual people behind this operation. They're actual identifiable humans with addresses, with locations, with names, social security numbers. They can be identified so you know who actually perpetrated the fraud. A lot of times the corporations themselves aren't even real corporations or made up names and there's no such entity filed with any secretary of state uh, around the country. The third thing you're going to do, step three, is to search the assets. Once you've identified the actual parties, the names of the individuals or the corporations, find out what assets they hold. Real estate, vehicles, bank accounts, corporate assets, even things like retirement accounts. You want to identify what assets these individuals have so you'll know where to search to recover your losses at a later date. Searching the assets is very important. You also want to start the claims process. So if this is going to go through the court system or through a legal system or through enforcement by a government agency. You want to start that process while you're searching the assets. Step four, very important. You want to start having forensics performed. Things like IP addresses. If you have mobile phone numbers for these perpetrators, you want to start doing forensics on the mobile devices to find out who they're calling, the emails, the locations that they may be using on their GPS. So that way you'll have that forensic information retained so you can use it for the final step, which is the garnishment. You want to actually collect your funds. Once you've established the losses, started the claims process, you know where the assets are. Now you want to recover and seize these assets. Many times this is through a legal process like a writ of garnishment or a court judgment. Sometimes it's done through enforcement through a government agency, but you can't do that process unless you've identified the parties involved and identified the assets and done some forensics on the activities so you can connect all of those in that process of garnishment to say, 
party A did this, this is how they did it, this is the activity, the messages, the activities, the uh, locations, and here are where their assets are. Their bank account at Bank of America has $42,500 in it, and I lost $8,500, and you're gonna garnish that amount. So you have to have all those ducks in a row before you start the garnishment process. In many cases, you'll need some qualified legal advice if you're using the court system. Um, you may be able to have government agencies that are doing enforcement handle some of the heavy lifting, but the more information you can provide them, the more data or forensics you can hand them on a silver platter, the faster that process will go. Government agencies enforcing fraud or criminal actions go ponderously slow. Many times it's going to take months or years for this to happen. So the more information you can give them to make it easier, the better it will go if that's the the method of doing the recovery. But those five steps, act quickly. Don't let it go too long because these people will disappear. Identify the parties, search their assets, do the forensics on all the electronic messages, records, voicemails, emails, so you can trace the pattern of activity. And then do the garnishment, again, may require a legal process. If you have any questions or need assistance on any of these steps, you can reach us at our website, activeintel.com. We have expert investigators who handle these types of frauds on a regular basis and can assist you with any one or all of those steps as part of our main practice areas. There's been many, many clients who have had losses recovered using these steps, small amounts and large amounts. This is the proven method to get your money back when a scammer or fraudster has taken under false pretenses.